0: to Nathan's Freedom Zone. It's Mother's Day, May Fourteenth, Two Thousand Seventeen. I was just reading some interesting Facebook uh, articles that you know were shared. One of them uh, about acetaminophen, the also known as Tylenol, said it was an ingredient in over six hundred drugs, which I didn't know it was that widespread, but a very, very common, over-the-counter drug that, from what I understand, does cause liver toxicity pretty easily, too. If you take, you know, just just get the dose a little bit off on that, start to get that liver, liver toxicity. Like, uh, if you take it for too long, too many days in a row, you can start to get it, or if you take too much all at once. Another negative side effect of acetaminophen, which was the uh, topic of this article, was that it apparently destroys empathy, meaning the abil- ability to feel the feelings of other people. And the uh, United States has a big problem with that. A lot of problems. But prescription drug problems are huge here. I th- I think this is really... The main focus, or the main reason why we have so many, at least one of the reasons why we might be having so many supposed mass shootings, the other reason is that they're all fake, which at least some of them are. But a lot of violence comes out of people getting um, prescription drugs that destroy a normal emotion. One of those being empathy. I know uh, antidepressants can be really bad about this, which, which um, ironically, some antidepressants cause you to be suicidal. I mean, that sort of defeats the whole stated purpose of an antidepressant, if you ask me. But another thing that the article said about acetaminophen is that it also messes up your ability to feel positive emotions so yeah it might take pain away but it also <laughs> destroys empathy and positive emotions so it sounds like what it's really doing is just destroying a person's ability to feel anything which um you know why would you want to do that unless you really you know we're in a lot of pain but it seems like to me there's more powerful options that don't have the that type of side effect. Things like... I mean, I always go to nature first, just as a philosophy. Because nature seems to do the least amount of harm. And, uh, you know, it's been around a while. Some of these plant spirits... Uh, they're, just, they're just good stuff, you know? Like, what I would recommend first, if you have pain... Why not try marijuana? Or uh, cannabis oil... You know, edible cannabis. That's where I would go first. For any type of, you know, depression, pain, insomnia. um, Even neuro problems. You know, why, why do we even go for acetaminophen? Right? Try cannabis first. That's what I always say. Nothing wrong with getting high. But, uh... I looked up two other articles one of them was a little more sciencey. it was about vaccines and apparently there was a science article that was recently published in a journal professional journal it was a study of vaccinated children versus non-vaccinated children and the study found that while vaccinated children did have less incidence of whatever it was they were vaccinated for, like diphthera or whooping cough or whatever, there were they did have less. Um, the other diseases, though, were far greater chance in the vaccinated population of children. And this was a comparison of Um, public school kids who received vaccines and then homeschooled kids who did not receive vaccines. Probably done in California, I'm guessing. But uh, the the homeschooled kids had less incidence of all of these other non-related diseases, probably stuff like neurodegenerative disorder and what it sounded like to me, I didn't even hardly read it. That's what I do with Facebook a lot. uh, They have so many articles and I I find the mobile app, mobile phones, which is where I'm usually on Facebook if I am on, I find mobile phones to be an absolutely horrible platform for doing any type of reading. I mean, so what I do with Facebook shares uh, I usually will maybe, if, if it's a short article, I'll read the whole thing. Sometimes uh, I'll read just the introduction, sometimes I'll just skim it a little bit. So, but the, perp- the point of this vaccine article was that this, there was a scientific publication showing that vaccinated children had a lot of problems with immunity and other types of diseases against things not related to the vaccine. And the crazy thing was is that this article was published in a journal and then mysteriously with no explanation it was removed from the journal and deleted off the internet entirely. And the uh, Free Thought Project, you know, one of my favorite news sources again. They tried to contact the journal and the art not the journal but the authors of the paper they tried to contact them and what they got back was kind of a you know what you would expect it said well our funders have forbidden us from talking about it <laughs> nothing suspicious about that but uh... so no explanation for why this article was pulled but to me uh, i the theory that i have which is uh pretty obvious if you ask me is that because it's a controversial subject and because uh, pharmaceutical companies control the media and the government and probably a lot of these journals are influenced by pharmaceutical companies I mean you'd think you'd have to be a naive not to just assume that that's gotta be what it was uh, you know americans are being kept totally in the dark about all types of shit but one of the things is uh vaccines and the fact that they're not even being used in most other first world countries i mean americans have for a first world country the things that are being done to americans they don't even realize that this is not going on in other countries or it's specifically outlawed stuff like gmo food and uh vaccines i mean all kinds of stuff is totally fucked up here And uh, Americans, some of them, the dumb ones, they still want to think that, you know, they're free because they get to sing a national anthem that says that they're free, the land of the free and the home of the brave. You know, just because you go everywhere you go, that's being repeated at you for... repeated at you for your whole life. I mean, I was just at a graduation for myself because uh, I had the unfortunate life path of going through grad school for eight years. So I've almost out the door, you know, so close to out the door that we went through the ceremony. Not that I like that type of ceremony. funny thing I heard about high school and college graduation ceremonies is that they have occult symbolism in the ceremony. Specifically symbolism that is a... honoring or symbolizing Saturn referencing Saturn so the one the one I remember is the square hats put put on the crown chakra the black square hats and then the black robes apparently that's some something that some secret societies do to uh, honor or reference Saturn and you hear weird stuff about Saturn one thing I heard from David Icke is that Saturn, might be a mind-control planet that is <laughs> tele- that is sending a signal that is being reflected off of the moon onto Earth, trying to control everyone's mind here and distort and, and destroy everything. Sort of like the Archons are located on Saturn. I mean, that's that's some of David Icke's more out-there stuff. Um, but you never know. One of the weird things I've heard about Saturn is that the rings might be uh, fake. So how would that happen? Um, Apparently there's like videos or pictures of the rings just being created by what looks like a spaceship. That's weird. You'd have to look into it yourself. Another weird thing about Saturn is there's a perfect hexagon on one of the poles. So I don't know how to explain that, it could be a crystal. You know, quartzes are hexagonal. So, I mean, it could be possible that it's just a natural hexagon, but believe whatever you want. Do your own research. Uh, It's not really about belief, it's really about knowledge and uh, coming to conclusions based on the information that you've gathered and not throwing information out just because it sounds wacko. You know, not prejudging information. The way to the truth is to gather the most information, even if it is from David Icke, and even if it is, does sound a little nutty. Uh, you know, the more information, the more accurate of a conclusion you're going to come to, especially if it's eclectic, if you're getting information from a wide variety of sources. Like, say you really want to know if Saturn is a mind-control uh, center of the galaxy, or center of the solar system. What you could do is read up on all the science and from the science and astronomy community about Saturn. And uh, that would definitely give you some idea of what's going on. And then you could start reading other kinds types of crazy stuff like David Icke and whoever else David Icke, you know, wherever he gets this information. Some of his books are very well uh, referenced at the end. The one I read that this was in well, was not really referenced at all. But his older ones are. So he's got a lot of books. The one I read was called, is it was a new or recent one? It was called Phantom Self and How to Find the Real Self. So that was about the delusion of Maya, meaning separation, which is a part of reality, right? Uh, since we're in duality, everything is separate and it's also one at the same time so you're not going to escape maya just by uh, you know taking some mushrooms you might temporarily escape from maya that way but as once you come down you're back in maya and uh... the more you transcend maya using even just accurate you know philosophical thought and scientific thought you know religious accurate you know religious experiences plant medicine experiences the more you transcend Maya and the more often you do it, you know, the more you start to have a big picture understanding of what the universe is and what duality is and empathy you you get more you know, empathetic, you start to realize as above so below, and that you can't not escape karma the consequences of your actions, even if no other humans notice that you're doing something wrong, karma always works, and it's impossible for it to uh, be escaped. That's just justice. The justice card of the tarot, with the scales symbolizing um, balance. Uh the hermetic principle of natural law causality and the thing the life situation that you're in is a result of cause a, a chain of causes in the past uh, as that were a lot of them were your choices and one of the ultimate causes mentalism principle of natural law is the thoughts that you are harboring and the thoughts that you are dwelling in and the thoughts that you are expressing into the field believe it or not they matter (laughs) understand it or not again it's not about belief belief is for christians (laughs) not for me Doing some tarot cards. Getting a decent reading so far. But. I just came back from a. Ayahuasca. Diamine ceremony. Diamine is a specific form of ayahuasca. That is brewed. Fermented actually. So had a really awesome time at the ceremony. Uh, People don't need to be afraid of psychedelics. Uh, You should just be like Alice in Wonderland and take the plunge, you know? Especially uh, if you're going to be afraid of it your whole life, you're missing out on all types of progress. Like, it's like Neo taking the red pill in the Matrix. You know, you take the sacrament, the red pill which takes a little bit of courage because you don't know what's going to happen. You really could die. That's part of it, facing death and sometimes after you take it when it's too late, you feel you get that you know deadly feeling gnawing at your bones and you're like, "Oh crap. Where am I going? Am I going to hell? Am I going to heaven?" That can be the start of a bad trip because a lot of people will panic at that point. Which I've been there. That's part of it. You panic, and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, God, is this going to kill me? Did I I know I've been saying it's harmless. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Find out. (laughs) That used to happen to me on cannabis. It would happen more often when one of my friends would roll a blunt, you know, with the blunt wrap tobacco. Somehow the tobacco would give me a bad trip on cannabis. It would increase the power of the THC, it seems like, but synergistically it would work with it but it would throw off the vibe get hurt your lungs a little more and it would get my heart racing so I would get you know that sort of racing heart almost panic attacky type of feeling and that can easily turn into a downward spiral if you're prone to fear and can't panic attacks you get really high on cannabis and especially when you mix it in those blunt wraps the and if you're not used to smoking uh tobacco, mm, I would I would avoid blunts. If I was, I think uh, the vaporizer is probably one of the best ways to go with cannabis. But edibles too. Just don't overdo edibles. Va- vaporizer is nice because you can get up, get high, you know, do your thing for an hour or two, then you come back down, fall asleep. Uh, it's less likely that you're going to overdo it, and vaporizers just have a very smooth, very nice high that's uh, not overwhelming usually, at least for me. Smoking it tends to hit you kind of all at once, depending on how sensitive you are to it. But my uh, tarot reading is looking very nice. Got uh, two very balanced cards the emperor being masculine, the moon being feminine. That's excellent, and not only that, but I got the knight of wands, which it, wands represent masculine energy, willpower, uh, fire, and the knight re- also represent masculine energy, willpower, and fire. So, extremely masculine card. And right below that, I have the Queen of Cups, which is the exact opposite. That's water directing emotion, emotion directing emotion. Cups representing femininity and emotion, water. And the Queen also representing um, water, femininity, emotion. So that's balanced perfectly with the Knight of Wands. Excellent balance overall. Oh, I got an upside down five of wands. Which in Tarot, the five, for some reason, is a negative card. So what we have on this card is a bunch of people fighting with wands. You know, and it looks like a bunch of men who don't understand unity and are stuck in duality. So they're fighting over what... Who, God knows what they're fighting over. Maybe... Let's turn it back. They're fighting over something. One of them is trying to kill... This guy's got a hateful look on his face. It's weird. But I got it upside down, so that tends to mean the opposite. So I guess I'm at peace now, and my, my masculinity is not destroying me, which is good, at least internally. Another weird thing, though, I did get a four, oh, a six of wands is also upside down. So six, re- the way tarot goes is four is sort of a good card for the lower arcana. Five, everything is off balance. And then six, everything is balanced again. So maybe what this is telling me is that I'm out of imbalance, but I'm not perfectly balanced yet in my fire energy and uh, willpower and directing that will into productive everyday things. Crazy thing, I got a seven of (laughs) wands right side up. So what does that tell me? I mean, we have a guy tending a garden, getting a lot of pinnacles. Oh, this is a pinnacles. Okay. Not not wands. This is pinnacles. So a guy here, sitting here successfully tending a garden and getting fruits from a, a big bush, it looks like. But the fruits are pinnacles. So things going well. As long as I keep up the work. But So what this six is telling me upside down is that there is room for improvement as far as staying balanced. You know, I'm not imbalanced with my uh, fire. And I've got a lot of fire going. The Knight of Wands here, a lot of fire. And the Emperor. And um, I think just really directing that into productivity, that can be tricky because the temptation with fire is that if you're Thoughts are not in line with what you're wanting to create, which for most people is prosperity and happiness and union, you know, with the opposite sex. If your thoughts uh, are self hating or if you have turbulence in your thoughts, meaning, you know, what people call negativity, uh, distraction, if you get distracted, well, I do have a problem with distraction when it comes to a uh, Facebook sometimes, but not so much in the last day or t- or three. I've been doing really well. I di- What I did, you know, just today what I did, l- late in the day, I got on there for about three, three or four minutes maybe. Just, just did a little bit of scrolling and I found three really good news articles because I have friends on there who post uh, some really nice nice stuff so uh, what did i find out i found out the vaccine study being uh mysteriously you know disappearing out of the journal right and nothing suspicious about that i found an acetaminophen study and there was one other one maybe it'll come back to me but what else did i get i got a nice three of cups right in the center that's good Yeah, this is a good reading. So the Three of Cups is right in the center, and we have three uh, young females holding cups, you know, dancing around, holding them above their head. You ask me, that's a good card. Below that, I have a Seven of Swords. This one is upside down, and what we have here is a guy sneaking away, uh, you know, with a smile on his face, holding some swords, almost like he stole them, and he's proud of his uh, violation and cunning, cunning cunningness. Uh, one thing I looked up, I remember in Michael Tessarion book about this seven of swords. I don't remember if it was uh, reversed or positive or the negative aspect, but one thing was uh, adultery, you know, cheating on people, lying, uh, what else, covering stuff up. So because I got this upside down what this is saying to me at least right now is that I'll have to maybe double check later if I have time but seems like I'm on the path in that uh, I am integrous you know I haven't had any integrity problems and I haven't had any I haven't been cheating natural law even like I haven't been uh, I've been doing okay this is cool so Because I haven't been trying to cheat natural law and you know I have been facing temptations this month. The uh, old online porn addiction has uh, reeled reeled its ugly head this month and uh, the temptations have been uh, pretty powerful actually. So I got close one day to relapsing. I typed the code words in on Google but I didn't click any links just typed in a code word which is karma you don't want to do that because that uh, even that itself is karma that'll put you into a, a parallel dimension you know if you type the codes in you're going you're already in a parallel dimension whereas if you didn't type the codes in and one of those two dimensions is better than the other one and it's pretty obvious which is which but so I fell in that sense but I didn't fall you know off the cliff I went up to the edge of the cliff and looked over, and it reminded me how much fun it is to fall off the cliff, which was some karma in and of itself, because you you know, wasting time going up to the cliff, and bringing up all those old memories of uh, what it was like to fall off. Probably not going to do anything good. But I didn't fall off the cliff, meaning I didn't click on any of the uh, links that you know Google had uh, returned me didn't click anything so didn't see any pictures no videos so uh, that's good and that was just that one one time but the temptations have been bad this month but so it looks like I've been staying really close to the path I haven't swayed off the path and I haven't even though I have been tempted I haven't fallen for temptation. So that's right in the center of my reading. What I am doing is a 10-card reading. This is a very common spread. We have four cards on the right side going up in a line. At the bottom here, I have a two of swords with a guy blindfolded. And there's a moon way off. The way I interpret this card, it looks like a guy is fighting with himself because why has he got the blindfold on and the swords in his hand I mean I don't know he could be training but he's got the swords in his hand and a cross but so it looks like this is uh, this is how I always in- it looks like the guy's sitting in the chair uh, blindfold on his face two hands crossed across his chest with swords in each hand two of swords and the moon way off in the background so what this card tells me, it, it looks like duality and like I was talking about earlier, Maya, the guy does not have spiritual sight. So that's why he has the blindfold on. And because he doesn't realize that all is one and all all is self, he has a tendency to get into satanism and division and conflict with the other individuated monads of consciousness so this is represented by the left and the right hand kinda looks like they're fighting with each other with these swords and they don't realize that they're connected to the same body and if they did realize that then they wouldn't obviously wouldn't be trying to kill each other because if the left hand cuts off the right hand and the right hand bleeds out, and there's no blood in the body anymore, well, the left hand's going to die too. <laughs> That's one way to interpret it. That's sort of my way. I'll have to see what Tessarion says about this card. His, he's pretty on a lot of times. I'm sure it represents other things too. But the moon, a funny thing, another funny thing about this card is the moon representing the feminine very, very far away from this... Uh, looks like masculine imbalanced guy who's fighting with each with each himself he doesn't even you know no spiritual insight so he's just in conflict with himself I me mean, thinking that the other hand is a different being not realizing they're just connected and they're sort of mirror images of each other and they should just leave each other alone do something productive so the goddess up in the background sees that from her high thrown out in the cosmos and she's like, eh, I'm just going to sit up here and let them fight it out. <laughs> Once they figure it out, then maybe they can figure out a way to get, come up here with me. But uh, obviously, they they haven't learned the lesson yet. So I got that at the bottom of my line here. The top I have the Knight of Wands and the Queen of Cups and below that I have that upside down five. So what this line kind of tells me... You know, so maybe maybe the the left hand could represent the queen of cups, and then the right hand could represent the knight of wands, and you know maybe they're crossed because they're guarding the uh, higher self. I don't know what the blindfold would represent. <laughs> blindfold could represent that the physical eyes are not needed. Because the third eye... Because the blindfold doesn't really cover the third eye. Almost does. Doesn't really... No, it doesn't. It's going across the other eyes. So the blindfold doesn't cro- cover the third eye. So what do you... You know... is Maybe he does have the spirit vision. And uh, the two are balanced. Yeah, so maybe that is... I'll, I'll look up what Tasarian says. Two is kind of the Does represent duality in the sense of male-female separation in God's thinking god thinks in two lights male and female and so left hand right hand you know maybe this is telling me that i am balanced i mean overall this reading is just very balanced almost perfect the six of wands upside down just sort of tells me that yeah focus a little harder on uh, channeling this fire energy into productive stuff. Okay, this is yeah, this is good. And you'll be rewarded with femininity, the moon, the Queen of Cups, and this Three of Cups. If you just if you just stay on the path and focus on things that are going really well in your life and that you're really good at. This is some uh, advice that Maria West gave me in a broadcast that she put out on a podcast recently. I posted it on my Facebook, but it was uh, an interview she did on a podcast, and one of the things, she was a very, she's a very, very high level, you know, female uh, spirit. I really like Maria West. I read her book, f Wide Open, The Root Awakening to a Heart-Based Humanity, and she was, when I read that book, It was right in line with the stuff that Mark Passio was talking about on his podcast with Natural Law, the Male Dominator Society, uh, the solutions to getting out, you know, doing some internal healing shadow work. Passio emphasizes that a lot, that it is a requirement to getting uh, back online and in the spirit battlefield. Like, you're not just going to ignore the internal garbage. And... um. So, another thing that Maria talked about was uh uh new age deceptions, you know on this interview, which is something that Mark Pasio covers very, very well, and one of the I think she brought up two new age deceptions. Yeah, one of them was the new age deception. It's all good. This is how Mark Passio says it. It's, we're, we're all one, so it's all good. And Mario was saying that that's just sort of an insult to people who are experiencing negative stuff and painful stuff or people who have been through painful things and have it in their subconscious still. To say that it's all good sort of implies that you don't need to be doing anything to clear negative emotions. And when Maria encounters a lot of negative emotions or people holding them, because she does work with satanic ritual abuse victims. If you haven't heard of that, this is where a satanic cult who either follows the religion of Satanism, whose maintenance, the maintenance of which are moral relativism, uh, self-preservation at all costs you know selfishness taken to the extreme of you know ego gratification the lower s self being placed above the higher self so if your ego just completely out of control ego and this ultimately leads to the belief which is part of the religion i mean this is a this is the in this is what Mark Passio. He was a priest in the Church of Satan at one for a, a significant period of his life, S- and, and these are his list of their tenets. And I find that to be right on, and it, it makes sense as the opposite of what would be productive for any person or society. <laughs> Some sounds like something that uh, you know the Demiurge would want everyone to believe in, because this these first two tenets egoic selfishness and self-preservation at all costs mixed with moral relativism meaning what's right for me is what's right i get to decide what's good if it makes me feel good and i like it then it is morally right but there's no such thing as a higher moral standard built into the universe that's not that's not how it works i get to be the god who decides what's good and what's bad it's all based on my opinion very dangerous very common view the reason it's dangerous is because it's not true this is falsehood and people like it because it sort of makes them feel like they have more control even though with a belief like that you are completely off balance and out of control because being in control requires that you understand like it's like Voltaire has a quote. Nature to be commanded must first be obeyed. What that means is that you're not going to advance to higher levels in consciousness and be given more responsibility until you conform to the natural laws that are in place, that were not put there by you, that were created by the higher creative power, or that are just inherent to the universe. Like You can complain all you want. And cry in your milk all day about the fact that there are laws here that are you're bound by that govern everything in your life that are were not created by you and they weren't created by other people and you know man's law does not override this nothing does uh, it cannot be overcome it can only be you can only conform yourself to it and the laws are there not to put us in a prison but for our own growth because once you do get in conformity with natural law and in balance with it and underst- and having an understanding both on a logical level and in a spiritual emotional experiential level which plant medicine is very good for that in the logical level can be expressed in words. I mean, this is what philosophy is all about and doing, you know, the great work. You you know, part of the great work is introducing people to plant medicines and catalysts for change and internal development. But uh, another way to catalyze that is to explain to them in a very left-brained, logical... It doesn't even have to be left-brained because you just throw in some uh, appeal to emotion in there and appeal to empathy with right brain words like uh, love versus fear, or but you know, taking all these approaches to help people uh, come into alignment in their own consciousness, the logical level is very important and should not be discounted. And this is one of Mark Passio's biggest strengths is that he can explain the difference between right and wrong and why it matters in a way that you don't even have to take plant medicine. It'll transform your consciousness into a person who is actually on the battlefield doing the great work. And I mean, you can see the result just in my, my consciousness and voice and uh, the podcasting and stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, my lack of fear, uh, I've progressed a lot. And Mark Passio's words just coming through a podcast, it, that was a big catalyst for change for me. So Mari West does work with satanic ritual abuse victims. um, Synchronistically and almost magically, these people just she just attracted them into her practice of uh, emotional healing. You know, psychotherapy type. You know, body healing like Reichian psychology which Reishian means more like somatic healing, somatic therapy, psychosomatic, that's what it's called. The body-mind connection where you work on the mind and on psychological trauma through body body type stuff. I don't know, she does a lot of type of work. I can't speak for her, but what she said in her podcast is she does come in contact with rich satanic ritual abuse victims. And this is a special type of person. Jay J Parker is... Uh, an excellent example of an SRA victim, and he's very outspoken about it, which is very heroic. And helping part of what releasing a person's karma is to make it aware to other people because then you can uh, the burden can be shared with many other consciousnesses, putting focus on. Uh, the negativity and the emotion getting it getting what's inside of your soul that is painful out into and helping having it be just heard or even you know having another person look at it and spend some time you know just listening to you helps transmute that karma because their consciousness and psychology will take on part of that burden and somehow, it might be another one of these quantum effects. It, it takes the burden off of you and it makes your, your karma easier because you just made another person aware of something that is true, something that um, needs to change. And the person receiving it, depending on who they are, may have empathy for you and therefore... You know, just them feeling that emotion in response to the terrible thing that happened to you sort of makes your consciousness better. That's how I experience it, at least. So, uh, an SRA victim is a person who has been tortured and abused by a satanic cult. And that sounds like something off of uh, Rosemary's Baby. And it is something off of Rosemary's Baby. That's Rosemary's Baby is a good example of things that go on in real life that most people, the sheeple especially, would never believe is possible only because they either don't want to believe in that or they are naive and they've never looked into the dark side of what's going on in life or no one has ever told them or it hasn't happened to them. Right, I mean, the, the idea that conspiracy is impossible and evil people don't exist, I mean, this is why Americans are totally fucking enslaved, is because they refuse to even, you bring up a conspiracy theory and a lot of these sheeple, they just instantly turn off. They're like, "Well, it's impossible for there to be a conspiracy because how could every how could more than one person keep a secret? It's impossible for people to keep secrets." It's like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> "Yeah, right." I'm very good at keeping secrets. Me personally, I'm I'm very good at keeping secrets. I mean, I don't have skeletons in my closet like some of these people, but you know, you get into or organ- you get into a cramp crime, if you're a psychopath, you're going to be good at keeping secrets because it's a requirement to continue functioning. Like someone like John Wayne Gacy had a lot of secrets. You know, he had literal skeletons in his attic and in his basement. You think he he couldn't have possibly kept a secret? I mean, if he was working with another psychopath, you think they, you know, they both couldn't keep secrets? I mean, that, that's ridiculous. You don't understand how crime works. If you think it's impossible for people to keep a secret, I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, it's one of the most common reasons for a person not believing in conspiracy theories. I mean, it's not a matter of belief. A person refusing to look at information supporting a conspiracy theory, which most, a lot of these, I mean, this same stuff with like the Federal Reserve. I mean, people want to continue to label you a conspiracy kook if you say there's anything wrong with anything going on. And like you, you bring up the Federal Reserve and then they'll just blow you off. Like, this is, you know, documented history that we're all fucking slaves to the government and, the, and international bankers. Like, if you don't think that that's happening, then you're a fucking moron, basically. it You can call me a conspiracy nut all fucking day, but that's just the words of a coward. Somebody, uh, you know, it's like David Icke says, why should a lion care what a sheep Thinks of him, right? So, so an SRA victim. The crazy thing about these cults is, uh, you hear weird, weird shit. Like they might have breeders, women who, uh, are their specific purpose is to bring souls into this world that are there to be programmed and abused for from birth. So, you get into Fred Springmeier's work. I met him at Free Your Mind multiple times. He apparently has a very big book called Bloodlines of the Illuminati that, I don't know, is apparently about who these people are, specifically probably naming names, you know, tracing their bloodlines. I haven't read the book. But he has another book which I read a little bit of, and it matched with a lot of the stuff Jay Parker talks about, and a matched with the stuff Kathy O'Brien talks about. Kathy O'Brien is a MKUltra victim, which is very similar and overlapping with SRA, because they use a lot of the same methods, and s- for a lot of MKUltra victims, there is an occult satanic uh, religious type, you know, it comes into their programming, from what I've heard, but Fritz Springmeier's book is called, uh, how to create a perfect mind control slave or something, something like that the The Illuminati formula is what he called it. And I read part of that book and it was just going over all the torture programming they do with you know electroshock, uh, keeping people in cages, uh, building their trust for you know the early stages and then turning everything on its head. How to how to fragment their consciousness into multiple personalities? Like uh, that's one of the weird things about these MK Ultra people and the the other mind controlled is they they have multiple personalities where they can switch back and forth, and they're the a lot of the personalities are not aware that they are multiple and. You know, just like on the movie Identity, where, uh, or Fight Club, even, where you can have two separate personalities and one is an I. I mean, they can program like 60 different personalities into these people and they can use code words and like. F- uh, hand signals or they can call them on the phone and do a certain little code code word pattern or call three times and hang up or something stuff like that and it'll switch the person based on their programming and then hyp- hypnotic suggestion all of this requires torture like you can't get a, a normal person into this type of you know mind fuck without Trauma-based mind control is what it's called because you have to physically traumatize them to the point where they disassociate from their body. Their consciousness leaves their body as a defense mechanism. And what you have there is then is a blank slate and you can summon in demonic spirits to control certain a certain personality. And you want to compartmentalize the personalities, meaning build walls in their memories and and separate them so that the demonic personality only comes out in certain circumstances, and then there will be a front personality. Which um, Kathy O'Brien had a front personality, which was supposed to operate when she was out in public, and whenever she didn't, you know, didn't have any need for the cult didn't have any need for her to uh, be in the other personality. Like she had one specifically for sex work. Uh, Prostitution and sex slavery. So she had a personality for um, that. She would be activate. They would activate her sex programming, is what she she how she described it by doing um, you know code words, or if she needed to do a drug run for the CIA, they would use code words. They would base it off Disney movies a lot of time. Like that was part of her programming. As she would watch a shitload of Disney movies and they would try to get hypnotize her to identify with uh, certain characters. Like, yeah, she... Oh, my God. One of the uh, pro types of programs they were doing to her was called Peter Pan Programming, and I actually borrowed the name of that, Peter Pan Programming. I forgot about this, but that's my email address. <laughs> it's from the book that Kathy O'Brien wrote... Uh, it's called a Transformation of America. So she describes the Peter Pan programming, which is where they get her to identify probably with Tinkerbell, I think it was. And she would have fairy dust, maybe, which might represent a, you know a pound of cocaine or something, a kilo. And... Then, you know, she would go on a drug run, and if she had a spe- special message for the, p- the person, yeah, like if, if there was sensitive information that needed to be t- transferred to someone across the U.S., she uh, the person receiving her would say the code word, uh, which was part of the Peter Pan programming, like, you know, say something about Tinkerbell, and then all of a sudden her personality would switch, and she would have no memory her normal personality would have no memory and no way to, to tap into what this one was going to talk about, which was uh, drug, you know, drug, whatever the guy needed to know. Probably something to do with either drugs or murders or, uh, you know, CIA spooky stuff and then they so they she would transfer the message over and then they would switch her back and a lot of times what they would do in the process of this is before they would do that they would activate her sex programming and um, get some head or something before switching her over into a uh, the mode where she would uh, deliver the message and these are separate compartmentalizations and <laughs> She was like a slave. I don't know when this got started in her life but it got started pretty early and her daughter was a slave too and for all I know, her daughter is still you know, being raped on a daily basis. One of the weirdest things about Kathy O'Brien is that uh, she says Hillary Clinton at one point um, raped and maybe tortured her and for some I think it had something to do with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton wanting to get her branded like burnt her vagina so that she would have a uh, a witch's face on her vagina like um, a nose with a hat and the craziest thing is is that you can look up a YouTube video it's on YouTube and you will see like a picture of of her vagina, and sure enough, there's a goddamn witch on it. Is it <laughs> there's a scar on there that looks like a witch, so it, that sort of validates her story. Because, I mean, you'd have to be—I just—I believe Kathy O'Brien. You—you you have to do your own research, right? You—here's what uh, a sheeple would do. You go—you go into something like this. First of all, you would never ever make it as far down that rabbit hole as I just took you, because the sheeple will instantly their defense. Egoic defense mechanisms will come up, and they will try to blow you off. But what they would do is say that Kathy O'Brien's making the whole thing up. Um, she's obviously insane. Uh, she did too many drugs. You know, whatever happened to her, it was. She's just a liar. She wants attention. These, these are, these are standard sheep egoic defense mechanisms that come up over and over again no matter what you try to talk to them about they will go back to these one-liners like oh she's just a nutter I don't need to look into any of her information is like that that's that's the mistake they're making like they're judging her as a nutter and then because uh, that can't possibly be true there can't possibly be something evil going on. therefore, I don't need to look into any of her information. Uh, you know, she wrote this long book explaining everything, and it's even got photo evidence of all of the court documents and a lot of the hearings. And, like, she, uh, a guy rescued her, and they went to court a bunch of times, and they got her in and out of psychotherapy, and there's a bunch of documentation along that goes along with her story, and it's all photocopied in the book, Transformation of America. And, you know, she has the witch's scar, on her vagina, so I mean, I, I guess you could say she did that to herself <laughs> and made up a story about it. You could say that, but if you're just gonna throw that out there and therefore say that you you know that that's the case without ever even looking into the any of the information she puts out then you're making a mistake. That's not the trivium method, and it's not how you get to the truth, and that's not how you have an informed opinion. That's that's an, that's an a misinformed or ill-informed or uninformed opinion, an ignorant opinion um, based on nothing except for your own bias, saying it's impossible for that to happen just because I say so. And another thing that will help verify Kathy O'Brien's story is the fact that there's, you know hundreds and hundreds of the exact same stories from all different types of people like jay parker you have to you have to take his information into your consciousness meaning look at his presentations and listen to his podcasts like episode i, I think it's eight, 17 or 16 one of those teen, late late teens on what on earth is happening by mark Passio, has jay parker on the show as a guest going by the code name neo that was his first public appearance and he talks about specifically the type of programming and torture that he went through and he gives his uh... early childhood story and you know you have to take that into your consciousness before having any opinion of jay parker you know you can't just blow him off as a as a nut job without taking in at least that one episode and That backs up both his and Kathy O'Brien's story because it's the same story. And another way this story is backed up is with Fritz Springmeier talking about the satanic ritual abuse programming, and it's the exact same thing that happened to both of those people. And then you have Maria West talking about how she sees SRA people I mean, I haven't heard any specifics from her. I'm gonna have to look into more of Mar- what Maria West is outputting. She she had this great song on the podcast that she wrote on piano with lyrics, a very truthful, very truthful message with a really nice piano playing. That's how you know she's high level. Is she's not talking about nothing. And if a person gets on a podcast and they start talking about nothing forever. Then you know they're not spiritually advanced because at, at some point uh, any spiritually advanced person is going to want to do the great work and you know not just run their mouth about bullshit constantly. I mean it, it, that's fun to do here and there, you know, because it is a rhythm, rhythmic, balanced interchange in life. And you you work for a while, then you rest for a while, and part of that resting could be not talking about. Uh, SRA victims, you know, for, you know, just a few minutes, let it go. <laughs> but, so one of Mario West's best advice that I got from this interview with her was that, first of all, uh, igno- it's all good, is uh, not good advice. But at the same time, she said, if you're wanting to. Overcome difficulties in your life, like things that are not going well. You know, you have to acknowledge that there are things not going ideal in your life. For me, my schoolwork was a big one, huge um, karma I got from getting down the wrong path of enslavement. I learned the hard way on that, and uh, still paying the price. Almost completely done with it. You know, almost under the the master's thumbs, out from under the master's thumbs. But her advice for overcoming negative things in your life was to put energy and attention, meaning focus, on the things that you're doing very well. And she was saying if you do that, the other stuff will have a tendency to take care of itself. So for me, what this means is because... I I have problems. I've I had I've had problems with the girls and with you know, uh, dating and being outgoing and friendly and my energy and the karma I got with the online porn and everything. In order to come overcome that. One, one thing I can do is forget about that and, you know, until the time is right to actually do something. But in the meantime, focus on putting energy into things that I'm doing right. Like the podcast is going well. Um, these tarot cards are, are going well. The music playing is going really well. If, if you heard my song I did uh, at the beginning of this podcast, I had been working on that song for two or three years. Really good. It's a baby Mozart song. Written by like a, you know, six year old. There's a there's a violin part that goes with it too. Excellent song, but I've been working on that three years. I had one little mistake in there, maybe two. But uh, yeah, get doing pretty well on that. So just put energy into that. Put an energy into my organite making. It's going really well. I started with uh, some. I started making some copper organite. Got some stainless steel organite. It's it's getting the energy, energy's flowing. Um, the energy matters. You know my energy is going really really well with this whole Knight of Wands fire 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 energy, masculine energy. Um, avoiding all of those temptations, you know, with the online porn and the masturbation. If you can avoid that, your energy will turn into fire. So energy matters. My energy is pretty high right now. It's been a week of building up a masculine charge, and uh, it makes the podcast better, and it makes me more grounded, makes me more focused. Especially if I'm not lose being distracted all day with Facebook. You know, Facebook will fuck your brain up. It'll distract you, and then you, your your thought p- patterns will not be able to focus on anything and. Just being distracted all day stresses a person out. Like it, it wears your attention out, and you don't have any attention to do anything good, and it wastes your time. So getting off of that is good. But you know what else am I doing? I've got a really really nice energy setup here. Um, I'm actually surrounded by a circle of organite, and organite is an energy uh, device. I don't know if I've really gone over what it is on this podcast, but you mix resin, a uh, plasticky liquid plastic that hardens, and you, add it, you have to add a catalyst in, and the, the resin will harden into a rock-hard uh, thing. That's, usually it's clear. You can see right through it. But with Organite, you want a lot of heavy metals mixed into the resin, and the smaller the metal particles are, the better. So if you can get it down to the nano level... I mean, you would have some pretty goddamn powerful organite, from what I understand. I'm not quite at the nano level because it does get a bit dangerous once you get to the three or four microns. Then it starts to be the the metals can go right through your skin into your bloodstream, and that's liver toxic and shit like that. You know, so uh, I keep it above the three or four micron level so far. I've got some nice stainless steel powder, and I got in some. Uh, Copper powder, which is pretty expensive, I got sphere-sized copper, so it's like microscopic balls, round balls of copper. You have to pay extra for the round balls, but I thought that it would give it a better energy. So I'll have to do a comparison maybe after I run out of this stuff. It was kind of tricky pouring the sphere-sized balls because they they had a tendency to sink to the bottom of the resin, maybe because. The spheres are less resistant than an irregular, angular, sharp type of shape. Which is the stainless steel is angular. You can get angular, irregular copper too, but that's going really well. So me, you know, what organite does is when you get all of those microscopic metals in, suspended in a resin, so that it's you mix it all together, so it's. Um, diffused like the the particles diffuse into the resin and you pour that into a mold like a pyramid or a disc uh... whatever mold you want to use Co- uh, muffin pan mix works really well make little tower busters is what they're called you put um... quartz crystal in there which is a uh, vibration quartz vibrates continuously uh, certain frequencies depending on its shape and uh, if there's any inclusions in the quartz right where it came from supposedly it'll store information uh, it's very quartz by itself is an energy you know i' spent a lot of times time with quartz crystals what i find is they absolutely affect your energy like uh these big ones i have on my necklaces i made my own necklaces with big rocks on them you wear these uh, around; they affect your energy. Like sometimes you got to take a break from them, especially if you're going to be doing some left brain computer work, because uh, these sort of make you feel a little relaxed, right? <laughs> Might be good to take them off. I don't know, man. I, my energy is just so good right now. This is why I got such a balanced, beautiful tarot reading you know with the one slight imperfection just telling me that yeah you, this is going really really well but you know you can always do a little bit better so just stay keep keep going in that upward direction and you know you'll be rewarded with in the center here i have me as the seven of swords upside down meaning a guy who's staying on the path and who hasn't been trying to cheat natural law which is impossible to do Reason I don't try to do that is because I understand because I have been taught, you know, by teachers like Mark Passio. Uh, I contemplated it a lot, um, really observed how it's uh, the effects in my life, uh, identified some teachings that were, some truths that were beyond what Mark Passio had been putting out, like specifically the uh, how online pornography is karma. And uh, will mess up your karma here and your progress. You know, it's a distraction. It's a, it destroys your own energy. So I haven't been cheating natural law because I I have have a very firm understanding foundation and truth here. And if as long as I stay on that path, you know, turn this. I'm just gonna turn this uh, six of uh, wands. Representing willpower and focus and fire. Let's just turn that from upside down to right side up. So this represents this action represents my new dedication to focus, focusing my masculine energy and directing it into productive things that I'm good at and um, you know things that are going to help me. Like, uh, if there's any messes that need to be cleaned up, just use the masculine energy to clean up the, the messes and take it one day at a time. Don't ignore the negative. Uh, when the negative comes to you, turn it into positive. Like, great quote by Carl Jung, I think, is the, uh, the darkness should be made into light like that's the only way to overcome it is to turn unconsciousness into consciousness which is the whole point of the great work you know we're not getting out of the cage twiddling our thumbs playing Nintendo masturbating to online porn not, not going to get out of there drinking heavily not going to get you out of the cage <laughs> smoking too much weed isn't going to get you out um, what else do people do meditating all goddamn day (laughs) doing yoga and nothing else i don't know the great work you know is where you're helping other people learn and you're learning yourself every day and you you never stop learning that's how you get out of the goddamn cage help you know it's a team effort where you're not getting out by yourself no matter how many books you read and how good you are at yoga and how, how fast you can run that ain't getting us out of the goddamn cage the only way out is through the mind, uh, reprogramming other people's minds with like this podcast. Good, good, you know, Break it out of the cage, right? If you're listening, you should also try to break out of I mean, Do you want to be enslaved? I don't want to be enslaved. That's why I'm trying to convince you that you also don't want to be enslaved. I think you understand that. Most people know deep down that they don't want to suffer forever. So the way out is, um, you know, to stop running from it, Uh, you know, feel the pain and let it motivate you to uh, do something about it. Basically, you know, that's that's where all the power and happiness and peace, mental peace comes from when knowing that you did something for with your life for the cause of truth and goodness that brings mental peace. And happiness and satisfaction with your life. A lot, a lot more satisfaction than you're going to get running from problems. Uh, trying to do nothing you know, with your life except consume. Um, you know what it, the, the traps people fall for. You know, you'll, you'll be... Gifted, so so yeah, I'm I'm the ups upside down seven, the guy who's on the path, hasn't been cheating, you know, really really focused, and the reward that I'm gonna get is this three of cups, sitting right on top of the seven of swords. What so we have three, you know, nice looking uh females, holding holding cups, very abundant. Yeah, I think three females in your life is could be pretty nice. I mean, I am polyamorous, so that's sort of my uh, long-term goal here, is to at least get one girl in my life. That would help. <laughs> but uh, three, yeah, three's, three, three's looking pretty good. So that's sitting right on top of me in the center here. So what this is telling me is uh, I'm on the right path. Everything's looking awesome and balanced. Just keep keep it up and um, do what you can to make it even better, which is uh, what I've committed to doing by turning the six upside or from upside down to right side up. So yeah, and got my encouragement from the field, from the tarot. Uh, got uh, confirmation that I am on the path and things are going well. You know, I'm starting to see returns on my investment, which is what this seven of uh, Pentacles represents. Uh, the guy standing beside the bush, you know, growing the Pentacles as the fruit of his labor. The farmer, farmer-looking guy, he has a satisfied look, looking down on what you know he's done with his time and attention. The spiritual currency. So um, part of the reason why this podcast has been going so well, at least today, tonight, is my energy level is very high. we have got a week of masculine energy. I did just get back from an ayahuasca ceremony, so I cleared some blockages, worked on my karma quite a bit. Funny thing about um, the ceremony was on the way there, I got a little bit of karma. Oh, got some karma on the way. So what I did was... Uh, I've been driving all day back from Arkansas for my graduation. Just silly that I went to a graduation. I think it's silly. Whatever. <laughs> um, You know, I came back from my Saturnian cult ritual... <laughs> And uh, I've been driving all day. I did a few errands here in Springfield. You know, got some goodies. Some uh, goodies. We'll just leave it. Yeah, you know, we'll leave it at that. Got some goodies. Did a couple errands. Uh, headed off to the ceremony for some more goodies. <laughs> and uh, it was getting kind of antsy, ready to be there. I'm excited about uh, the traveling I was going to do with spiritually and my consciousness. The last time I had a ceremony, it felt like I traveled a thousand miles, a thousand years worth. I mean, that's, that's understating it. It's how it felt. I made a thousand years of spiritual growth in one night, the time before this time. My energy was pretty high that time. I had the ayahuasca I recently learned is a feminine spirit, and... It has a reaction with my masculine energy, fire energy. When I bring it, it has a orgasmic, sort of explosive, uh, pleasurable reaction that typically, for me, lasts between... It's only happened three times, but 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and an hour of just uh, orgasm. You know, and I, I tend to laugh a lot and roll around a little bit on the ground when that's happening, so that's, that's nice. But uh, didn't happen this time. My energy level, although I had a week of masculine energy, I think I've sort of increased my uh, or orgasmic potential here by through conditioning and staying on the path and avoiding uh, masturbation or online porn or stuff like that. So I read a Wilhelm Reich book. It's called The Function of the Orgasm, and One of the things I learned from that book is that biological um, life acts sort of as a membrane with a surface tension, sort of like a balloon, where you blow it up, and then it'll release all the tension, and it's like a rhythm. So the the release is where the tension is discharged, and the weird thing about a... uh, Biological membrane with this tension is that on the surface there is an electric potential. In biological uh, membraneous sacs, like a bladder, for example, and that's how that word he used is uh, we're all bladders <laughs> that fill with fluid and then you know build up a charge until there's too much pressure and too much electric potential see this is different than say a balloon because a balloon is non-organic and non-biological and what reich um, was able to discover is that for biological membranes as the tension and the charge builds up first of all like there is a charge an electrical charge and current and potential on either side of a biological membrane and that's not there for mechanical membranes like a balloon but for a bladder um, somehow as the pressure builds there's there an electric charge on either side of the membrane like a cell would be a good example of this um, inside of the cell you have a certain uh, charge or pH and then on the outside you know the charge can be different and there's a potential there and that's controlled by things on the membrane that regulate that charge and make sure that the internal cell contents are stable and at the right levels for the biological processes to happen and they do that by pumping out electrolytes and pumping out tiny little charged particles to, uh, they have little machines that float around on the surface of the cell, and the cell is like a 3D ball, surrounded by this membrane of lipid bilayer with two two fat, you know, bilayer of fats that um, separate the water and the inside from the water on the outside, and then there's these little machines floating around in this fatty lipid bilayer that. Uh, are able to pump ions in and out between the cell and they can close and you know certain receptors that are attached to these um, machines if they are hit with a signal molecule from the outside or the inside of the cell they can cause that machine to open the pore and then the discharge will happen um, spontaneously like by diffusion so the cell will discharge based on certain signals and the electrical potential between the inside of the cell and the outside will neutralize, and once that process is done with, then the pore will close, and uh, the, the potential will, you know, the potential will, and the charge will start building again after being discharged. That's just an example. I mean, cells do work that way, but you know, as above, so below. the The human sexual system works that way too, which is weird. Like. So I think by my conditioning, I've able to strengthen the the uh, sort of like the membranous bladder of whatever my energy system can hold more masculine energy now, and it'll take it a while to fill it up. Like I, the, the first week, although it was difficult, you know, avoiding masturbation for the first week i thought i had a whole lot of energy going especially uh, since i've been on the path for m- months now my my baseline energy level after discharging is still really really high but i thought i was going to have that um, orgasmic reaction you know to the ayahuasca feminine spirit didn't happen and uh, the, re- the reason was is because uh, I'm able to store more masculine energy in my body because of uh, conditioning so I was even though I had gone a whole week and I was pretty uh, you know it was showing had a lot a lot of energy got a lot of energy now which is why I feel nice and confident doing this uh, podcast um, but I, uh, didn't have enough to where it would trigger an orgasm, you know, at the, uh, event. So, I feel it probably, you know, could build up a little more energy. It seems like I can go probably three weeks early. I mean, a few weeks ago, I went, like, over four weeks, over a month, and, uh, I was completely manic and out of my head and I was waiting for the nocturnal emission, which is, if you can make it long enough to where you ejaculate in your sleep, it's called a nocturnal emission, and you have a wet dream is what it's called, where you'll have a sex dream and then that'll cause you to orgasm in your sleep, usually it's kind of quick, Unless you're a lucid dreamer, which I'm not very good at lucid dreaming. I think if you're a lucid dreamer, you can have these sex dreams and sort of do tantra in the dream. And what that would look like is you avoid orgasm in the dream and allow the sex dream to continue. Being a lucid dreamer, you could be stuck in that dream, but it would be a good dream. So you could uh, extend the sex out in the dream for an hour, maybe. That would be pretty impressive. And maybe you could you know have sex in the dream and not orgasm because that's one of the talents of uh, Tantra but that, I'm not you know, I'm not close to that level yet I'm getting there what I'm trying to work on is just making it to the uh, nocturnal emission because I'm not really good at lucid dreaming yet I'm, I'm definitely not consistent with that it'll happen very rarely for me I have a lot of uh, vivid dreams but not so much lucid which lucid means that you're aware that you're in a dream, but you you can't wake up because your body and your mind is not ready to wake up. But you are aware that you are dreaming, and then you can take control of the dream and of your consciousness in the dream, and you can do a lot of magical shit because dream world is not like the shared consensus reality that you know the the dream that we wake up to every day. Dreamworld's a lot more loose and flexible and you can manifest stuff very, very fast. And the rules are a little bit different. It's not so much physical, it's more mental. Uh, no reason why this dream that we're in right now can't be more like that except for karma. Uh, shared collective karma, not just an individual's karma. And this is why it's so important to do the second half of the great work, is by helping bring other people's consciousness up to where your level is, you can be... Um, you know the rules that uh, are governing, that are limiting people's um, the limitations people have on psychic abilities can be overcome once very quickly. Once we all get online, we can overcome a lot of this stuff that's holding us back. Like self towers is a good example. Um, those interfere with people's biology, and they they limit our ability. And you know, with stuff like fluoride in the water and calcifying the pineal gland, if that's what it, really what it does, I've never looked deeply into the whole calcification of the pineal gland claim. But uh, something is calcifying, you know, our ability to get into spirit, and we should we should all be more in touch with spirit and more on the. I mean, I'm in spirit right now. I uh, having come off the ceremony last night, I'm a little more in the zone right now, and um, so I'm all, I'm, I can see in the spirit realm right now what it's looking like is a black space with little stars everywhere. And then I see it behind my, what I'm seeing with my physical eyes, which is a very nice view in here right now, actually physically. I've got my tarot cards laid out, excellent tarot reading. i got a candle going. Um, I like these nice candles made out of I think palm wax, kind of cheap, definitely cheaper than honeybee candles. That's just ridiculous. The energy would be nice but So paying attention to the energy around your environment is uh, critical and it's part of uh, magic. And, you know, because we are in a mental dream world, things are magical here. The uh, <laughs> silly freethinker type, I mean, that's the label they're using for themselves, which is a fucking joke. The, the people, the group called the freethinkers, that tends to be left brain imbalanced, um, skeptical Believers in the some of the worst religions in the world, like money, authority, you know, the science cult that uh, claims to be another authority, but not even not even staying up to date on you know the most recent uh, breakthroughs in quantum physics and psychological, like psi uh, psi research. Meaning psychic abilities, uh, paranormal research. That's sort of off limits for these free thinkers, at least some of them. It's the ones I've met, they don't want anything to do with anything that's other other than their box that they're in, which is usually atheist, you know, liberal. Atheist liberal is is a and then going by the name Freethinker. give me a fucking break. <laughs> I don't want to put them all in a box, but from my based on my limited observation of these people, that's sort of uh, the stereotype, (laughs) which is ironic because I consider it more to be like slave thinker. If you're a goddamn liberal and you're claiming to be a free thinker, then you know you got a lot more free thinking to do before (laughs) before that label really fits. Because you know, liberals believe in slavery. They want slavery for everyone. They just want, you know, somehow they want slavery to be a good thing. It's just fucking, it's like, you can't. You know. There was a funny book that my dad had. I don't know who it was written by. It was called How to Talk to a Liberal If You Must. Or yeah, you know, something like that. I think that's what it was. Might have been how to talk to a Democrat if you must. But I have a feeling that that <laughs> book was probably written by a Republican who was also a fucking slave. <laughs> it just comes to mind right now. Anyways, the energy. Yeah. So the energy that I've got set up here, and uh, the magical items that I have here, I've got. I'm surrounded by magical items. Uh, the tarot deck itself. Uh, some of the magic I just performed on this tarot deck, turning this Six of Wands from upside down, which was sort of my current condition of imperfection, and you know, very, very balanced reading, but could be improved. So turn that physically, take the card, turn it right side up, and say, you know what, I am going to be perfect now, <laughs> or at least closer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little better. Cause you know why not? Why not do a little better? Even if I am pretty balanced. Other energy I'm surrounded by. I've got a really nice double double terminated quartz crystal. Uh, probably four, four and a half inches long. Really nice points. Nice and clear. You should always look for clear clarity in a quartz crystal. The the clearer it is, the more uh powerful it is at energy. Um, The better it can transfer energy and the more clean you're going to get directing energy through it. And you know, that's, that's not to say that they're always better for certain, like I'm, I am not wearing a necklace now, uh, but I was wearing a necklace last week that when my energy was a little low, you know, after discharging, I have a necklace that I wear that is like a plate of quartz. Uh, it's just a, supposed to was supposedly a healer crystal too because when I found it and I bought it at a crystal mine they told me that it had healed itself after being broken off a larger piece of quartz and it was like a is pretty thick you know a half inch thick or so at the bottom it tapers a little thinner at the top so it's got a nice weight at the bottom and uh, probably three and a half inches across uh, very opaque like it's white it's got you know the quartz hexagonal edges on the on sort of the edge of it and then the, a nice flat face like a three inch by three inch flat face uh, uh and then there's a weird thing is there's a another quartz growing out the bottom heading you know perpendicular to this flat face so that uh, if you're if I'm wearing it there's a little point pointing out um, towards the person I would be facing out from my body and then there's a nice face three inch face sort of square that sits right on my uh, solar plexus. So it guards that area very well. And the healing energy that was supposed to be in this one sits right there. And I had an injury at one point there because some somebody who was close to me, kind of, at the time, I was in a band with these, um, you know, this one in particular was amateur, I think is what it was. Just a dumbass. But uh, I had been in a band with them, and they kicked me out of the band at one point, I don't know if I think it must have been after that, this I was kicked out of their band because they had scheduled a show at some bar and then like I I canceled because two weeks ahead of time I canceled because I remembered I had to do, you know, a trip with my school or something. I had to go on a these dumbass school uh, conferences science conferences for you know people in school they make all those <laughs> science people do these dumb they're dumb i always find them to be unhelpful you know i don't learn much at these science conferences it's not like the free your mind conference where it's really fun and the topics they talk about are relevant <laughs> this is just something they make people do in school and you know nobody i never really had a lot of fun at these conferences I had a little bit. It was a little fun. Better than uh, sitting in the classroom. But, you know, that's not really the purpose of school, right? The school is supposed to be there to be the opposite of fun. So it makes sense that we would do stuff that isn't fun at school. Drive a lot, too. Sort of waste a whole goddamn weekend on that shit. (laughs) But, uh... So I'm surrounded now by organite, magical devices. And uh, the way Ken Roll, who makes organite, he was at the Free Your Mind conference, I bought a few of his plates, like a 10-inch plate and two 6-inch plates uh, with uh, kyanite crystals, selenite, quartz, and amethyst in the face here. And I think he's probably using either brass or copper powder. Very good energy. And he he throws in some... uh, Monoatomic Elements, like cause it looks like he's got some gold. Orm- Ormus, he calls his stuff Ormusite. Uh, on the back, you can see he threw in uh, monoatomic gold in there, just, I guess, to improve the energy. Gold is supposed... Monoatomic gold, when you take it internally, is supposed to channel- get in your brain and unlock certain planes, kind of, certain mental abilities. It, it really amps up your... Dream, dreaming ability, and your imagination ability it gets you in the spirit. Some Kenroll was saying though that you don't want to take any worm because some of it uh, apparently fucks shit up. I don't know. I I've ordered. Oh, I have some worm that I'm taking. ormus. monoatomic gold. I got it from a company. It costs like a hundred and ten dollars. Company looks pretty good. How the fuck am I supposed to know, though? I guess Kenroll would know a little better. It, you just have to, with stuff like that, you just have to try it and see how it affects you. If you don't like it, then stop it, <laughs> kind of. So I like it. It's, it's working out fine. No no red flags or anything. Look out for red flags. They usually start popping up if you get off the path. You know, if you, get, if you start taking a supplement and then all of a sudden your fucking stomach hurts out of nowhere... Might be a red flag. You know, just double-think shit, shit that you're doing. But... So, what Kenroll says about these organites is that they generate a quantum type of energy called scalar energy, is what he says. And scalar energy is like light rays, but they travel faster than the speed of light, almost like they're instantaneous. And uh, the weird, weird fucking thing about this is... If you are in spirit, uh, like on psychedelics, say, and like I was describing the spirit realm earlier, you know, having, because I was in there last night really hard, and there's an afterglow, and I'm, I'm basically always in spirit, but you can see these devices in, in the spirit realm. Just like you can see a person's aura or a, a person's uh, soul, kind of. If you, if you, uh, look with your third eye you can see in there they're there and in, in the space with you you can see their aura and the colors that are associated with their soul and the way that that's expressing because everyone sort of looks different in the spirit i was i was looking at people last night uh, but the fucking weird thing about the organite is is that these light rays this um scalar energy you get in the spirit you can see this stuff with your third eye and it's there. It's always there. It's like a it's like a flashlight that's always turned on. So, like right now, I'm looking at a piece with my third eye, and what I see when I see this piece is a lot of energy on once on the top of the piece. It's sort of like almost conical, but um, like you took a cone and then cut the top off of it. Just you know, the mold I used kind of looked like that rounded and and you know not sharp at the top or anything but uh the reason why there's energy sort of collected at the top of this um organite piece where it, which would be the bottom of the mold when I was pouring it is because uh the copper has a tendency I think to sink to the bottom being round and there the quartz crystals are heavier than this than the uh resin, so a lot of the stuff sank, and some of it floated, like the uh, shungite I used I think has a tendency to float towards the top. So some of the, being more heavy metals and and quartz at the bottom of this thing, and some amethyst too. There might even be a moldavite in here, which moldavite is very powerful if you get in the third eye. That's another thing that I've been carrying around with me to help my energy, I I invested in a nice piece of moldavite. Uh, about 20, 20 something grams, um, maybe an inch across, uh, kind of square shaped, uh, maybe a half inch thick, a little more, a little less than a half inch, really nice piece. Uh, I've just been carrying it around and I feel this energy field coming off of this thing is gotta be two feet, um, in diameter, gotta be, I feel it, um. I think it even has its own consciousness, which is kind of crazy. Like, it seems like it has a personality. I, I recently came across a guy who was very in spirit, Um, very... He had, he had been in spirit for a long time, too, like his whole life. Like, he was a talented, talented guy. So I'm at the uh, yoga studio. I think he leads a group there called the Empaths Unite. Uh, so... I met him, um, I was giving him some, uh, he could definitely feel the energy coming out of these tower, pu- tower busters made by Jay Parker. Like, he was very impressed with this stuff. So, uh, that sort of confirmed, you know, that I'm not just imagining it. I've, I've confirmed it with a lot of people. It works. So, what, what, one of the powers that it can do, though, being a flashlight into the spirit realm, you can put a piece right on your skin and you can use it if you're in tune with your third eye to see more detail in that area on your skin and to see it easier with your third eye. Sounds kind of crazy, but these light beams coming off of these pieces allow you to uh, view the spirit realm easier. So another thing these things do is they're energy vortexes or vortices and what that means is they have a field that they generate, an energy field. And the field is a to- toroidal field, like a torus, which a torus is um, one of the fundamental shapes in the universe. Everything sort of acts like a torus. Like this moldavite probably has a toroidal field. It seems that, that it does. The sun has a toroidal field. And what it looks like is. Uh, like a donut where and it can be directional like let's say the at the poles of a ball you know you might um, have energy sucking in towards the center and then maybe shooting energy out in the middle or you know and having little circles of energy going like the energy comes in ...to the torus, and then it circulates and maybe shoots out the bottom... ...and then circulates back up the top. Stuff like that. So these organite pieces, they generate toroidal fields. And, like, the disks... The disks being the shape of, like, a galaxy... Um, ...they are creating two-dimensional planes... ...with these scalar waves. So, like, I'm basically... Since I have three disks here on the floor... I'm basically sitting on a uh, field of energy, you know, because I'm, because I'm sitting on the floor and I've got these discs radiating energy into a two-dimensional plane. Even with what I'm sitting on, I'm basically sitting on a big surface of uh, scalar energy, which is really neat. <laughs> then I've got a dodecahedron uh, I made out of Oregon which radiates in all directions and it's got multiple taurus fields kind of that this thing puts out looks like i mean this thing is it's weird it's like a star a ball would be a really cool shape but i don't know how to do that with i don't think there's any ball molds there might be and uh i got a nice magic wand here that a guy at free your mind conference made ross ben he was a pre- presenter he made it while i was there getting the energy of the conference in it um And it's got a a tensor circuit on the edge of the wand. So his design is really, really amazing. I I don't know where he learned this, but it's awesome. So he's got a copper pipe, you know, um, maybe an inch thick copper pipe, a little less than that, I don't know. With copper fittings on either end, you know, like you could connect two of these pipes or something. And inside these fittings copper fittings there's a quartz crystal on one end um, and then there's an amethyst crystal on the other end with nice points and then he's got on outside of that copper pipe there's like this some sort of cloth that he said was a semiconductor of energy um, wrapped around the copper pipe and then wrapped around that is copper coil that he made you know with copper wire he he coiled all this by hand, and there was two strands of copper. at least there might have been four. But when you when you wire copper together like that, um, and you do it a certain length, it creates like an energy circuit, and. Uh, can create those, probably those scalar waves again, like there's these thing called tensor rings, like there's these two copper coils kind of fused together, and they have to be a certain length, and then they're fused and soldered together in a ring, and that is supposed to create a, I've never uh, really spent time with one of those in person, I need, I need to get one just to see, I think it's supposed to create these scalar energy fields again, um, some kind of energy field that helps plants grow and stuff like the, the device the the organites they make the energy flow easier and they attract things that um, match your intentions and they make your life flow better and they make bio- biology prosper so I'm surrounded by these devices I have a few pyramids here a couple Jay Parker made and one I made and i a couple cones and I put them on their side because I noticed that the energy's flowing out the bottom of them a lot of energy is so I put them on their side so they're aiming up at me like they're all aimed right at me the, the bottoms of these pyramids blasting this organ into this center where I am and I've got a couple pieces along with my moldavite here in the center and I got this candle burning sitting on top of one of these charging plates so the energy in the room right now is really 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 uh high. Really high, flowing very smoothly. The quartz crystal helps uh, energy flow. So I I you know grip onto that. I got my mic in one hand uh with the moldavite, actually. And in the other hand I have a really that double pointed quartz. All this stuff has magical effect and energetic effect, and the fact that I'm sitting in a big ring of orgon energy, sitting on a plane of Oregon, you know, with a star here, some uh, tower busters there. This, this, it, it's affecting the podcast. Like these are all quantum effects, and uh, you might not be able to measure it scientifically. But what I hear about organ is you can measure the effects of it scientifically. And I, I even started some of my own sprouting experiments. But um, like you can put them next to biological life forms, and you can then measure how the organ is improving the uh, biological life. Like for kombucha, it should uh, improve the kombucha, make it grow faster, make... Uh, the uh, sugar be consumed faster I so, I saw about a twenty to thirty cent percent improvement on uh, the speed of sprouting like I did a I did a little bit of experimentation there I haven't um, statistically confirmed it yet but uh, I'll probably do finish that at some point um, so what I did was I I took four sprouting cups I measured the amount of sprouts that go in each cup I made some good notes too I think I had like 30 something grams so I measured them exactly uh, the amount of seeds I put in the bottom of each sprouting cup and then one week I would use no organite and just do a control test with uh, I would sprout the uh, seeds using a regimen of uh, twice a day watering, rinsing the seeds and then uh, watering them and then shaking them dry, kind of like if, if you ever use the Easy Sprout Sprouter, that's how you do it. It works really well, very easy, only $10. Easy to use. That's what I use for sprouting. And um, so I was using broccoli sprouts. And I would sprout them for a certain amount of time. I think it was like four, four days, maybe four and a half Keep, keep always keep good notes if you're gonna do a science experiment and uh, try to I was trying to avoid arrows that was kind of the hard thing is to time it, it right so it was 12 hours between each rinse and not make a make screw ups you know so occasionally I would dump a cup of the sprouts over so I'd have to throw that one out stuff like that. Uh, throw it out of the experimental data that is as an outlier like if you accidentally spill some of the seeds you know that's an outlier now and it's no longer statistically valid should be included but uh well i saw initially like 20 to 30 percent improvement and I, i probably had a sample size of like i don't know i ran the experiment probably four times two or three times with and without so, I, I haven't done any statistics yet, but I was seeing initially a 20 to 30 percent improvement in the growth by weight of the uh, sprouts, which, you know, that's, that's a good sign. And that was with Jay Parker's Organite. I could try some with Ken Rolls and with my Organite and see, you know, who's his best. That'd be interesting. Doing ANOVA. See, to just tell if it's working, all you have to do is a, a t test, it's called a student t test it'll tell you uh, if there's a significant difference between two means, meaning two you have two groups of sprouter cups, one with organite and one without organite, and you uh, type the numbers in, and the sample size has to be a certain... Uh, you have to have a certain number of samples, meaning how many times did you repeat the experiment, and that'll tell you uh, with certain degrees of freedom, which is just statistics terminology, you'll get more power with more sample size meaning if you repeat it more times then it's more statistically you can tell uh, at a certain confidence rate like 95 percent confidence which is typically what they use in any science experiment Uh, if you have more sample size you can tell even if the effect is very slight that's what statistical power means so even if it only worked five percent or you know one percent difference, if you repeated the experiment enough times and were careful about it each time, you could get enough statistical power where you could prove scientifically, to all the standards of modern science, that the organite has having an effect. And a uh, twenty to thirty percent plant boost growth means it's having a fucking massive effect, because that's very simple to uh. You know, you don't even have to have very many samples to prove that, but I I need to uh, do, you know, a nice sample size. Really put some effort into that. I'll probably release it as a, either a book or a publication or an internet blog or something at some point, but... Pretty interesting. Interesting stuff, that Organite. But, um, the reason I do this for my podcast, I get all these energy devices surrounding me, and I get this candle going and turn the lights out. The candle always has a nice, psychologically comforting, uh, sort of more organic effect compared to artificial lighting at night. It's a lot easier on your eyes, and it's a little bit hypnotizing and very calming. So I like to do that when I podcast, and I sit it right on top of this charging plate, which is just perfect. It's uh very nice environment and I think that it probably has a uh, probably profound effect on you know the way the podcast works out and uh, I feel like it's helping me be articulate a lot of these things and Oregon speeds the energy up and that's got to be have something to do with how I'm able to get a lot of these ideas out really fast I feel like I cover stuff pretty quickly and I uh, have a pretty decent memory of what I was trying to focus on, although I do go all over the place. I can feel myself. My energy is just... Um, it almost sounds like I'm rambling, but the amount of ideas I'm conveying right now, I feel like I'm doing a good job. You know, <laughs> don't want to toot your horn too much, but uh, doing my best here. You know, when you bring your own knight of wands energy and you make sure that you're not off the path and not falling for temptations then you mix that with other good stuff like organ uh, I think we can all and, uh, ayahuasca you know, peyote, you start getting that stuff in your life um, some of those plant extracts aphrodisiac stuff I was telling you about you can really, really increase your power uh, and ability of manifesting stuff. And I think it's starting to show just in my consciousness. So uh, I just got to stay on the path. And uh, I've sort of got a good idea of where I'm going and keep you know keep my mind open to uh, fine, fine tunings and adjustments that need to be made. And um, like I said, turning that six from upside down to right side up of wands, so that my energy is being put into things that are, you know, I need to be putting it into, and not wasted, you know, with distractions like Facebook, God knows what else. And it's looking good. All looking positive from here. So I think I'll leave it at that. Um, slow, slowing down. I got some other stuff that needs to be manifested and some uh, sleep that I need a little probably try to sleep i sleep with these organ charging plates you know to create that two dimensional field of organ about it it's about a they're about an, an inch thick almost uh, inch thick two-dimensional field <laughs> not field but a uh, plane of of scalar light energy faster than light energy that <laughs> helps uh energy flow smoother and it helps The crazy thing about Oregon is it helps you sleep better. You know, you sleep a lot better with Oregon. And part of it might be the uh, neutralizing and and bioprotecting you from EMF radiation. That's just one aspect of it. The other aspect is the way it speeds the energy up. It makes you sleep harder and you dream harder. You dream longer and it's almost like you don't even need as much sleep to feel good, which is totally awesome. I think everybody needs some of that. So I sleep right next to, the you know, two 6-inch plates and a 10-inch plate, and uh, the effects are amazing. I used to sleep. I have Jay Parker's pyramids in my room too, and I used to sleep with those right next to me. Blast them, turn them on their sides and have the energy blast right into your back. That feels really good. Or uh, put two pyramids um, on their sides and then put your head right between them. That's nice. (laughs) A million possibilities. So thanks for listening. Keep up the great work.